and welcome to Connected episode 403. It's made possible this week by our sponsors, Trade Coffee, Indeed, and Text Expander. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm very pleased to be joined by Mike Hurley. Hello, I'm back. Welcome uh, back, I was son. Stuck in Texas last time. Yeah. <laughs> to add to my trip of terror, you know? Why not also get not that like, you know, Texas is that bad, mm. but I wasn't expecting to be there, you know? I'm not gonna say anything particular about any place, you know? Okay. Especially if I keep getting stuck there. This is the second time I've been stuck in Dallas in three months. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want them to not let me in. And I would like to and I have the pleasure, I should say, of being able to introduce to you all Federico Vatici. Ciao Federico. Ciao, Mike. It's good to have you back. Good to be back. You, you went and you conquered America and you came back. Did not do that. <laughs> I didn't do that. <laughs> I think it conquered you. <laughs> yeah. Well, something conquered me. It wasn't the United States of America. Oh, man, it's good to have you back, though. Last time, Federico and I spoke about California names of uh, macOS releases and... Uh, we had a couple pieces of follow-up. One is something someone had sent me in an email. I'd forgotten that I'd written it. Back in 2017, I made a list of bad guesses for macOS names because California has some just wacky place names. And uh, I think my favorite is, uh, or I've got some favorites, macOS Death Valley is good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Surprise Valley. And then... I can't pronounce it, but it's spelled Z Z Y Z X. That's what they should call it. Mac OS Zizix. Isn't that the name of uh, Elon Elon Musk's son? <laughs> Isn't that <laughs> it's kinda like that? <laughs> yeah. Zix 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 What's a Mac OS Slow house? Slow house? How'd you pronounce that? Okay, so I just found a YouTube video. Okay. This is Zizix. 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 Mac OS Zizix. There's got to be an easier way to write that than this. I like Mac OS Sutta Butts. Buttes? Is that what that is? I think it's buttes. <laughs> but I think it's butts. butts. Sutter butts. butts. <laughs> <laughs> you said butts. <laughs> oh, Mac OS YOLO County? I mean, come on. That's the year when they just put iOS on the Mac, right? They just called it YOLO County. Mac OS Mount Baldy Wrightwood? <laughs> hey, Baldy. <laughs> There's one we're all hovering around, but no one's going to say it, right? From this list? Is there? Mac oh. OS Russian River Valley? You wouldn't do that. Oh, I didn't you? see that. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. Mac OS Lost Coast. Mono County. Mono County. Yeah, you don't want to get this that. That's a great list, Stephen. Thank you. The funny thing is if one of these gets picked one day. Oh, yeah. Needles? Needles. <laughs> Mac OS Needles. <laughs> California has some weird place names. They do. On the side of names they have used, uh, listener Yan, 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 I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know which way to pronounce it. They put together a map of released macOS names. So you can look at this. It's pretty sweet. Uh, custom map on felt.com, which is kind of a cool website. You can make custom map stuff. You can see him. He's got the wallpapers there. 
they haven't really gone into Northern California. It's all kind of been Central or Southern. I guess that's where they're from, maybe. I don't know. I guess so. But kind of cool to see all those areas. And uh, there's lots of options. They could do this forever, I think. Although at some point... I just I wish I just wish they would align the numbers to iOS and iPadOS because Mac OS 13 versus iOS 16 like it's all very hard to keep straight. I don't I don't dig it. <laughs> Happy Hackett Day 2 days ago. It was Hackett Day. So Federico, I want to tell you a thing that happened on Monday, right? Monday was June 20th. Me and Stephen were on a call together. We have a call every Monday. During the call, we both said what is Hackett Day? This <laughs> is on our calendars. Yeah, I uh, have Hackett no idea. Day, I June twentieth. Do you don't remember either? No, no idea. No. Okay, so do you remember the Hackett number? Uh, is it the num? It's the number of computers per household. Computers per person in Stephen's household. Okay. The original calculation of the Hackett number was twenty point six, therefore making the twentieth of June. 26, right? The 20th of the 6th. Hackett Day. Mm-hmm. I don't know why we decided this, like why we went this far with it, but we did. So happy Hackett Day, everyone. It seems so unlike us to take something too far. I know, but I feel like we didn't need to give you a day, but we did. So June 20th, Hackett Day. Uh, so I thought it would be fun for Hackett Day. I think we've done this in the past to get an updated version of Stephen's Hackett number. Yeah. Because if you remember, the Hackett number is a constant. It's fixed. 20.6. Now that we can do this calculation again and we can find out what Stephen's extended Hackett number is, which is the changing Hackett number over time. Am I correct in that? Correct. Is that how that works? Yeah. So initially it was 20.6 devices per per person in my household. In 2021, it went up to 32.8. So I'd added some things in the... Uh, you sure had. That's a lot of things. There's a lot of people in your house. Yeah, five people. So I spent about an hour on Monday updating this. By the way, Justin Hamilton created a website, which we'll put in the show notes, so you can calculate your own Hackett number if you would like to. So I've updated it, and uh, the new number... Is forty three point two. Whoa, it's doubled. What? It's doubled from two years ago. The year over year change is very similar. That's a very bad. What have you done? Thing. Would how? you like the breakdown? Yeah, but how could you have doubled though? A lot of it's iPods. I, I feel like because I did so? a bunch of photos and stuff of them, <laughs> and they're small. It just doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> they're small. The current count is. 59 desktops. 59. And somehow, amazingly, the same number of notebooks. 59 notebooks. Wow. Well, now you have, every time you buy one, you have to buy another. You I know. know. That's right. Uh, 10 iPads, 4 Newtons, 28 iPhones, 56 iPods. Well, one thing, you need three more iPods. I need three more iPods. So make sure you get to work on that. So you have mm-hmm. 59 of everything. Yeah. That is horrific. Only four Newton. Well, there's only like, uh, I think there's only five Newton devices. Oh, well, that's a shame. You're missing one. What about the fifth one then? Yeah, where is it? Yeah, I'm, I'm missing one. I'm missing the 130, I think. Oh, ridiculous. Let's see. That's everyone's favorite. There was the original. Oh, no, there's more than that. Original 100, 110, 130. Yeah, I'm missing a couple, it looks like. You call yourself a collector. It's unforgivable. 
<laughs> so that's my my new shame. This is so high. I I thought that it had really slowed down, but the year over year is very similar. So what I can tell you is it hasn't actually slowed down. Mm-hmm. It has continued at quite a rate. I did mine, by the okay. way. Let's hear yours. Um well, my hackett number is 5. <laughs> <laughs> which is one and mine a really big difference especially considering as well there's only two people in my household right yeah so my hackett number that makes it minus 3.5 ooh yeah i want to know the give me the give me the the breakdown federico one desktop mhm that's my gaming pc yep three laptops and i don't want to get into the details of the third one yet <laughs> What? We'll talk about we'll what talk about it, it at some No, I won't tell. <laughs> Three iPads Pro, Air, and Mini. Mm-hmm. Zero Newtons. And two iPhones. And two people in my household. Right. No iPods. Mm, no. I have two desktops, two laptops, six iPads. Two of them are about to be sold off. <laughs> But I have six right now. Zero Newtons, two iPhones, three iPods, two people in my household. Comes to five. Uh, Zach wants to know if we're, if we're counting our Steam decks as computers. And if those are computers, then the calculation... They are neither desktops nor laptops. Because then I should they count are. my Aya Neo and my Steam deck as well. But like They don't count. They, they don't count. You know, when you think about it, like, what's a console... You know? <laughs> and what is an open platform? Are iPhones consoles? That's the Because then I'm not going to count my iPhones either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So Kate has called me out. Good. Apparently last year I counted five Newtons. So maybe I miscounted one. Oh, you've lost one. <laughs> so that makes the extended Hackett number now 43.4. By the way, considering... Mm-hmm. All right. So the way Kate has called you out here... This needs to be addressed. Kate has a spreadsheet of their own where they are tracking you. They have a better inventory of my collection than I do. So I would like to institute, uh, bring to the to the table right now, mm-hmm. that we officially denote Kate as the Relay FM historian. I agree. Excellent. Yes. Th- that it's been passed. Congratulations, Kate. You are now known as the Relay FM historian. Because this isn't the first thing like this I've seen. I mean, it's let alone all the title collections mm-hmm. and stuff that Kate does. But the fact that they are keeping their own statistics. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I do find frequently, if I say, oh, I know I've spoken about this before. Where did I say it? Kate will usually be able to give me a link to that. So, um, And Zach also points out that I forgot about my Intel knock. And I have two of those, actually. <laughs> uh, so my number jumped from 3.5 to 4.5. Right. Out of control. I'm sitting pretty over here, man. I'm, and I'm going to be even less soon. I think I'm going to get you each a Newton for your birthdays. I will love it. I want to have one of those Newtons that they have on For All Mankind Season 3. I know. They're so cool. We have another uh, date to celebrate real quick. Mm-hmm. We just passed nine years podcasting together as a trio. That's awesome. Wow. Nine years? Yeah. And people still put up with us? It's amazing. Well, it might not be the same people. That's true. Right, <laughs> right, just, right. 
There's like a lifespan. I uh, I listened to our first episode together this week. <laughs> you poor thing. It's not good, but there was one thing that really jumped out at me. Well, a couple of things. One, it was like iOS 7 reactions, which is really funny to listen to. But also, there is a joke in the first episode of The Prompt about API and bees, because the word for bees is API in Italian, I guess. Well, it's not API, but it's, they don't say API. It's, pronou- it's spelled the same. <laughs> How do you pronounce bees in Italian? Api. Happy. Okay, so it's spelled the same. Happy. Yeah, it's it's r- r- the same letters. Yeah. There was a joke you you had said a friend had been watching WWDC and he was like, "Why?" No, 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 no. You've, you're misremembering the. Oh, well, oh, sorry. The original the joke in episode one was a friend who oh, had I'm watched sorry. WWDC and had asked you about it. the The joke that is the much more famous version of the joke is our live Chicago show where you talked about your mom making a similar comment. Well, that's that's because this happened twice. Like I I, I mm-hmm. think it actually happened multiple times in my life. But like uh, I remember But it's def- I think the funny thing is when you told us that story in Chicago, I didn't remember that this was a thing. <laughs> no, me neither. <laughs> yeah. Right. That that felt like news to me, you know. Yeah. Mhm. Mm-hmm. That's hilarious. How fun. In 9 years. Yeah, man. So, next year 10 years. What? What mm-hmm. do we do? What do we do next year? Well, I hope that we would be able to celebrate with a live show next year. That would be my hope. I just want you to have the tattoo that Federico and I have by then. Stop bugging me about it. All right. I've got a plan. I just need to put it into action. Face tattoo. Come it's on, a neck tattoo. <laughs> <Do> it. <laughs> neck neck tattoo, yes. <laughs> neck tattoo. Look, it's easy. You get a teardrop on your left eye and a small weird fish underneath your right eye. I have a request for listeners of the show. There is a link in the show notes called Do You Know the Passionate Ones? Federico and Stephen, do not click this. This is not for you to see. This is for future quiz questions. So this this is a questionnaire that I would like our listeners, the passionate ones, to fill out, asks them a bunch of questions about the devices and apps that they use. This will form future rounds in family feud style. So some questions we will do in the future, it will be, for example, of connected listeners, what is their favorite blank? And then the two of you have to guess what the most popular answers are. So this is going to be rounds of a future quiz, so if you go to the show notes, fill out the form, fill out as many questions as you want, I will collect these up, and later on in the future, we will be doing some connected quiz questions based on these answers. I appreciate your uh, commitment and your cooperation. Some real-time follow-up. Mm-hmm. If you now go to 512pixels.net slash does Mike have the tattoo, uh, you can see the current status of Mike's tattoo. How many does Mike something something websites exist right now like how many of them just the two just does mike have the tattoo and does mike have COVID? which i've also updated i just want to remind you the last time you set one of these up it kind of come back to bite you in a sad way i don't think i'm responsible for i'm not saying you're responsible i just like i just want you to be aware of the fact that this could end up being a sad thing again you know and you've done that. You are responsible for the energy that you put out into the world. Yeah. 
that you breathe into the universe. So that's something worth thinking about. Mm -hmm. You were sad like a week ago when you had to update one of these pages, and yet here you are again making another one. This episode of Connected is made possible by Trade Coffee. Mike, you've had a lot of experience with Trade Coffee. Will you uh, tell us about it? I love Trade Coffee. Uh, I love the variety that I've gotten from Trade Coffee, even within the preferences that I gave. I've had so many different... Uh, great coffees from a bunch of different roasteries. When we were in San Francisco, um, I was out walking around one day uh, while I was recuperating, and I saw one of the uh, the coffee brands that I'd received at home. It was a roastery called Ritual. I was like, I've enjoyed their coffee at home, and I was able to do that with the pleasure of Trade Coffee. Yeah, that's the magic of Trade Coffee. They test thousands of coffees, they keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. And it's really cool because all that coffee comes from the country's best independent craft roasters. So you're also helping out a bunch of those small businesses, like the one that you happen to walk by. That's that's a really cool story. Mm. And Trade is incredibly confident they're going to match you right the first time. And if they don't, you just give them your feedback and a coffee expert will work with you to send you a brand new bag for free so you'll know you'll be looked after. It takes just uh, a couple of minutes to answer a couple of questions, get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like it. They deliver a bag of freshly roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home, and they guarantee that you'll love your first order or again, they will replace it for free. Right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash connected. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. So get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash connected and let Trade find you a coffee that you're going to love. That URL one more time is drinktrade.com slash connected for $30 off. A trade subscription is the perfect gift for the coffee lover in your life. Go check it out. Our thanks to Trade for their support of the show and Relay FM. I want to talk about iWork briefly. <laughs> Take action, baby. Take action. Uh, version 12.1 of iWork is out and a couple of pretty, actually, I think pretty cool features. So in Keynote, there is now a way to create dynamic backgrounds that move behind your text or images, whatever you have on your slides. So I've actually been working on a keynote for something and I turned these on and you can change the speed and the colors. And it's like a very kind of, Hmm. well, it can be vibrant and wild if you want to be, but I made just like a very subtle, like blue and green kind of background that slowly moves over time. And I think it adds a a nice touch to things. Um, And with pages, For the first time since they unified iWork on the Mac and iOS like a decade ago, uh, Mail Merge is back. So now you can use that feature to create personalized documents with uh, information from a mailing list or from your contact list. Something that has been gone a long time and there have been workarounds and there have actually been like whole like other applications that have sprung up to do this on macOS. Uh, but now, I guess after a decade, Apple realized they needed it back in pages. And uh, Dan Morin has a good article in Six Colors, kind of diving into Mail Merge and how it works and what you can do with it. And for people who need it, this is really nice because a lot of people move to Office or to some other application because this feature is so important to a bunch of people. 
I don't understand what male merge is. <laughs> First of all, can you explain to me why it's called male merge if it's in pages? Shouldn't it be called pages merge? I think it's about that you're like bringing a mailing list into your document because it's also called mail merge in in Microsoft. What does that mean? What like do people just carry around mailing lists? Like what is a mailing list? Like a list of email addresses. Okay. Like in Mailchimp. Okay. So you have your document. Uh huh. So, okay. So say that you're going to send a letter to the Triple J. Okay. So you have a letter. It's written. It's signed by your attorney. Like a le- like a physical paper letter. Yeah. Or like maybe you're going to email them a PDF or something. Right. But like you needed it to look official. So you have your fixed, you know, document, and at the top you have a field that has first name, last name. And what you can do with mail merge is you can point a list of contacts at those fields and create documents then are filled out automatically for you. Uh, okay. So instead of having to like copy and paste that over and over, you can do it programmatically. So you have a list of contacts and you have the same document with some empty fields. And then you say create multiple copies, but each of these fields needs to be filled in with the information for that contact. Yes. And you repeat this process for all the contacts in the list. So if I had 100 people in a list, would it give me 100 documents at the end? Yes. Yeah. Oh, okay. Do you know who I bet has used this a bunch? John. I bet John Voorhees really knows about mail merge and like loves it. He, he's a mail merger for sure. Yeah, I think he really likes it. OTJ is 100% mail merged. Yeah, he's been merging for decades, you know. <laughs> I think it's, yeah. Let me ask him. The other, the other big use is to print address labels. So like if you're doing holiday gift cards yourself. Mm. And this is where there have been other apps on the Mac to do this. But you can bring in a bunch of contacts and print like a sheet of, you know, like like you've run like a sheet of labels through your printer and then take them off and put them on an envelope. You can now do that in pages more easily. I have fired off a message to John Voorhees, to, to, to OTJ, to ask him if he likes mail merge and he has replied, it's hot with a fire emoji. So. Wow. Settle down, John. <laughs> John loves to merge. He loves to merge. God. He can't stop merging. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, this he, we found his thing. This is his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't yuck his yum. He loves and he uses it with. Sh- I use it with shortcuts, whatever that means. I don't know what that means. Oh but yeah, John because has a yeah no, <laughs> guys. I made a mail merge shortcut years ago for John. So John as how could you have done that when you didn't know what it meant? I am sorry. So, well, that's because I, I, I got... F- My problem is the terminology where everybody just keeps repeating the same words like mail merge, mail merge, it's back. It's like, what is mail merge? John just came to me with the specific problem and I understood the specific problem, which is whenever we do giveaways and I have promo codes, I want to send out these promo codes to a list of people. I don't want to do the manual copy and paste every single time in mail. Is there a way to automate that? And he told me, I now remember that he told me that that sort of process was called mail merge. I didn't call it that. I just figured, you know, this is something that I understand as a problem. Well, you did in the shortcuts archive. It's called mail merge. Yeah, because he told me like, this is mail merge. And so, yeah, that was what, three, four, five years ago? Maybe. I just, I really think it's a bad name. Like the name doesn't really sell the feature. Yeah. Do you want to know what I thought it was? 
So like I know this phrase, right? I've known this phrase for years. I didn't know where anybody had used it. I just know the phrase. I thought it meant like combining two email accounts. Yeah, me too. That's what I thought it meant. You just have you have two email accounts and you want one email account. So now you merge your mail. I'm sure I'm sure the guy who came up with mail merge is the same person who later created Mimestream. Like, it has to be the same person. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a, I'm sorry, but it's a really bad name. Mail merge? You're not merging m- mails. Nice feature. I'll never use it. Reviews of the M2 MacBook Pro are out so our friend jason has a review uh, over on six colors and i just i love his headline the future wrapped in the past <laughs> so good it's so good that's a very jason snelly headline right there big big snell energy so you should go read his review he's got some charts mm-hmm. the m2 is as faster as apple said it is basically especially in single core in multi-core it's totally crushed by the m1 pro and max and ultra as you would expect as they have more cores you were saying this uh to me earlier and i agree it's kind of sad that this is the first m2 computer like yeah it is it's good at what it does i couldn't be less interested in it and i don't know it's kind of a bummer i know why it exists i get why it exists Mm -hmm. i hope this is the last one and then they find something better to replace this computer with. But it's kind of like, okay, you know? Because the problem is, like, I think one of the reasons this is exciting is we kind of know what the M2 was going to be, right? And that's not a bad thing. It's just, like, the M2 is going to be a little bit faster than the M1 and do some stuff it couldn't do, but it's not going to blow the doors off anything. But it would be more exciting to talk about the M2 if it's wrapped in a brand new machine like the MacBook Air. We're getting it here first, which is just, you know, it's kind of what I have to say. It's not really much to say about it, you know? It's just a weird timing thing. I would imagine that Apple would have wanted something else to bring in the M2, maybe this and the Air together. Maybe ultimately in a parallel non-COVID universe, this machine isn't here and it is replaced with a 15-inch Air or, you know, something else. But it is here and there are, and Jason goes into this, there are reasons to get it right like if you need a little bit better battery life than the air if you're doing sustained workloads where the active cooling would make a difference which is a very edge case because remember on the macbook pros like with the m1 pro and the m1 max you can run them without the fan spinning in fact apple says most of the time the fans don't even spin spin in those notebooks and so it's really only at the edges that the active cooling makes a big difference i think or and there are people out there who like the touch bar and I would imagine, and I would have said this last year too, but I'm going to say it here, I think this is definitely the last machine that's going to have the touch bar. So there are purposes for this machine. It does also give people, we talked about this last time, a pro machine without spending $2,000. And I get that. I think for most people, especially if you're looking at to join the Apple Silicon era, the the new air or even the m1 air honestly which i used my wife's last night for a while because i forgot how like great that machine is there are better options for less or similar money than than this thing it's just a hard sell unless you're in one of those really narrow categories i have no thoughts about this computer (laughs) i said it last time i think it's boring if the if me and steven are struggling federico's got nothing right honestly 
I'm listening to you guys and I agree with everything you're saying. I just, I don't have an opinion and I don't think I should. It's hard to have an opinion about this computer. I'm like, okay. I mean, I, I knew it was going to be a, a bit of a quiet embargo day when I saw a couple articles and I didn't like, I follow a bunch of tech YouTubers. None of them made a video about it. <laughs> it's like, no, this will be in the MacBook Air video of a bunch of people, right? They will put this in there as well. Right. And and it may be, and I just don't know, it may be that Apple didn't see these very widely knowing that the air is coming and not wanting basically the rhetoric to be what we're talking about of like, yeah, this machine doesn't really make much sense for the majority of people. But um, I do continue to be excited about the, the march of Apple Silicon. Uh, I came across them the other day. Someone had commented about, oh, this is really like, you know, M1 part two or like it's really not as exciting it's like but that's that's how it was always going to be mm-hmm. you only get that big four to five six times faster when you change architecture right now we are in the mode where like yeah it's going to be incremental from here on out and and some years will be better than others like there there have been years on the a series chip where they're dropping two times performance on something and other years, it's 20%, right? It just depends on what's going on. That's totally fine because the Apple Silicon machines are already starting out so far ahead. Uh, I, I just don't, I don't see a reason to get worked up about, about the differences between the M1 and the M2 in a negative way. I think it's exciting that Apple is marching forward as quickly as they are. It's a bummer this is the first machine bringing this new generation in. But, you know, I think over the next few months, we'll see the M2 spread out to things like the Mac mini and uh, the 24 inch iMac and we'll be, you know, kind of off to the races to see what they do, uh, what they do on the high end. I mean, I also kind of, I don't really know what to say to people that are hoping for more when we've had all these M1 chips, right? Like the four variants of it. And they have all been astronomically more powerful than the other one in the line that it's kind of like, we're not, there's not going to be, like the M2 is not going to start to get towards the M2, M1 Pro, right? No. Like, because then there's, what's the M2 Pro? So like... Yeah, and, and the big difference between the standard chip and Pro and Max, it's not clock speed, right? It's the number of cores, especially on the GPU side. And so, yes, the M2 is faster than the M1 in single core, but as soon as you get out of the the same family of chip as soon as you start moving up the line then the um uh the core count as it increases like it 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 spreads that out right it spreads the Mm -hmm. the gap between this like i don't feel bad about my recent mac studio purchase because the m2 is out because it is so much faster in multi-core and a lot of my workflow takes advantage of that this episode of connected is also made possible by indeed If you've looked at your business's hiring from every angle and you still feel like something is missing, uh, you're, you're right. You need Indeed. They're the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. So instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. You can find great talent through time saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, assessments, and virtual interviews. With Instant Match, over 80% of employers get quality candidates whose resume on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job, according to Indeed Data US. 
One of the things that's really cool about Indeed is how they how they just know how to make hiring pain-free. Like how Indeed makes it easy to connect with your applicants. You don't need to install anything extra. Indeed's virtual interviews just work from right within the browser. Even better, Indeed is the only job site where you only pay for applications that meet your must-have requirements. Indeed is an unbelievably powerful hiring partner, delivering four times more hires than all other job sites combined, according to Talent Nest in 2019. Join more than the 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Sign up for Indeed now and get a $75 credit towards your first sponsored job. Plus, earn up to $500 extra in sponsored job credits with Indeed's virtual interviews. Visit Indeed.com connected to learn more. That's I-N-D-E-E-D, Indeed.com connected. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Our thanks to Indeed for the support of the show and Relay FM. Beta 2 is, uh, is out. I think, Federico, you've been installing it in the background. Is that, is that done? Uh, it's installing now on my iPad Pro. It's done on my iPhone, and I was just playing around with it. Okay, so a couple of things I've noticed on the lock screen. Uh, there are two new options for color wallpapers. Um, so before, there used to be only two filters, right? Uh, the natural color filter and the black and white one. They have added Duotone and Color Wash, as two new additional filters when you're putting together color wallpapers on the lock screen. I don't see other changes in terms of new widgets or placement of widgets or anything else. So just new color options there. I have seen a slight redesign um, for some shortcut actions, like when you're choosing from a list or entering some text in an alert. Uh, those are looking much, much nicer than before. And they're actually, like, this is not beta 2, uh, but in general, they are a lot faster than iOS 15. It's immediate now. There's no stupid animation that takes forever. Like, <laughs> like the choosing from a list thing in previous versions, mm -hmm. it was either just really slow to appear or the animation was slow. Now it's like straight away. I've been appreciating that. I don't see anything else that jumps out at me. No new icons, uh, no new widgets. Um, I don't see anything at the moment. I think maybe some bigger changes could be on the iPad with Stage Manager, but that's taking a while to install on my iPad. I'm taking a look at widgets. I don't see anything else in here. Uh, no changes in music. Um, I don't think there's a ton of stuff happening on the iPhone, honestly. Uh, yeah, I don't see just some refinements for the lock screen and some refinements for shortcuts. I'm sure other things will come out, but this is just based on five minutes of, of usage. Uh, nothing major jumps out at me right now. So I have iPadOS 16 up and running now on my iPad. I would say in general, Stage Manager feels a little bit more responsive but I haven't yet seen anything that seems particularly new. But, um, this is beta 2? One question I have... Yes. Okay. One question I have for you, Federico, something I noticed I didn't know if it was there before. Were there keyboard shortcuts to switch between window sets? No. They've added that. So uh, globe left and right will move you between window sets. And that's what they call them. Okay. Uh, they call them window, window sets. sets. Okay. So you've got globe up shows the app switcher. Globe down is show all windows. Uh, globe left is previous window set. Globe, globe, globe right down is, is show show windows. 
show all windows. Nice. Okay, so there's a keyboard shortcut for that now. Okay. Um, something I noticed that this was probably the way before. Uh, it's kind of funny. I just I just did that on an app. So I have two windows open in Timery. One in two different, like one in a, on its own, and one in a set. And I did globe down, and it showed me an empty screen. So they've added the, yeah. <laughs> they've added it, but it isn't. It, for, at least for me here, it's not doing anything. Question I had for you uh, that I, I wasn't sure. Oh yeah, when I also do the show all windows, it doesn't work. Um, but in Stage Manager, an application that has multiple windows mm-hmm. still can't be in multiple sets. It can just be on its own or in a stage. Is what I'm experiencing here. That seems very odd to me. No, you can have different windows from the same app in different sets. How? <laughs> Good question. Um, you uh, either grab a window from the sets on the left side, yeah. or yeah. you. Uh, I, my iPad is installing in front of me, so I, I cannot try. Oh, okay, I got it working now. Like it seems inconsistent, but yes, you're right. I, I did just get it working now, and, and and that works. So this is one of those things where like. I know why a lot of people didn't have multiple windows in their I in their iPad app because you, you couldn't. See I know you. I heard you talk about this in app stories. You've got to do it now because yeah. this is a big difference to be able to 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 like to have all of the uh, mm. the instances of an app that you would want to have these yeah. kind of sets the way that you might want them. So. Because they are literally sitting in front of your face now. So you can see all those windows. And if you're not supporting multiple windows, you're going to have, you know, uh, uh, not a great experience for, for the user. So the multiple windows and drag and drop at a, at a bare minimum. You know, these are things that have existed since iPadOS 13. So it's been a few years now. But yeah, you got to do it. Um, the key, The addition of keyboard shortcuts is very nice. I wonder if the, I mean... If they're lifting some of those limitations, maybe not yet. Two other things that I've noticed. You can now back up your iPhone over cellular, mm-hmm. finally, if you want mm-hmm. to. And they have made it easier to delete the uh, lock screens by swiping them up. Like you can swipe up an app on the iPhone to remove it from the app switcher. Uh, now, uh, before it was kind of weird because you needed to long press a lock screen. Now you can just swipe up and a trash icon appears and you can just uh, delete it. So that's cool. But yeah, uh, I don't see Yeah, there doesn't else. seem to be a ton. I'll be really keen to see what you have to say about um, Stage Manager. I mean, to me, on my iPad Air, it feels a bit more uh, responsive. It snappier. It's still not doing things that yeah <laughs> it's still not doing things the way i would particularly want like there's still only one resize point by touch which i don't like i i still you know like i still feel like they fundamentally have the wrong window picker i think the the ui that they have and like in the in the two weeks i've spent using win, um it's not called window manager stage manager stage manager uh, in the two weeks that i spent using it that is where i'm i'm sort of I draw the line, which is they have a bad design, like visually speaking, for the window picker. Uh, by window picker, I mean... You mean the thing on the left, No, right? no, 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 not that. That's cool. For ch- what you just mentioned, Mike, for picking multiple windows from the same app, it's oh, so yeah, it's disconnected a, a from yeah. everything else. Yeah. Like, honestly, the shelf was a better design because it was... 
tiny and compact. Like now, when you want to pick one of the windows from the same application, you're taken into this full screen UI that is totally disconnected from Stage Manager. Whereas what I would like to get is you long press on an icon or something in the dock and you get a pop-up with all your windows, kind of like the shelf, and you just pick one and drag it into Stage Manager and you're done. Yeah. So th- that is the point of friction for me at the moment. I don't want to raise your hopes up, but like the show all windows thing is just straight up not working for me. Cool. Right now. Cool. But, but that might mean that maybe they're going to change it. But like when I press show all windows, I just go to a blank screen. Uh, hold on, hold on. on go into that blank screen. Yeah. Swipe with your finger to the right. Do you see anything? Oh, well, the stage manager thing has appeared. Because it used to be before that when you clicked in beta one, that when you clicked yeah. show all windows, it was like yeah. the windows the windows were there, but they were scrolled all the way to yeah. the left. <laughs> and then they popped in. They were kind of hiding. So what it's now showing me is all of the stages where a window appears and then I can tap one. Yeah, okay, that's that's different then. Interesting. This is funny. This is very funny. Yeah, it, they're hidden, and then I can bring, I can make them appear. So they're adding keyboard shortcuts. That's good. Mm-hmm. They're potentially putting in some work into the window picking UI. Hmm. I think if we're gonna see bigger changes, we're gonna see them in beta three, which is also uh, apparently, according to Mark Gurman, gonna be the public beta. And we knew as much before, right? Uh, with the rumors go- leading up to WWDC, Gurman said. Um, Beta 2 and 3 are potentially lagging a bit behind compared to previous years. Uh, what, what we can say right now is that actually iOS 16 Beta 2 is one day early compared to iOS 15 Beta 2 last year. Because last year, Beta 2 came out this week on the Thursday. Hmm. Uh, beta 2 this year came out on the Wednesday as we're recording this. So, so far, they are on track. If anything, they are actually earlier than last year. But of course, the delay could be in the beta 3. And so we could see a beta 3 maybe later, mid-July, and a public beta after that. And if we're going to see bigger changes, those could be for the first public beta, right? Uh, They want to make sure that they lock in those changes to Stage Manager before a much bigger audience gets their hands on the beta. I mean, I haven't seen anybody losing their mind about them having added Stage Manager to other iPads, so I'm assuming that that has not happened as of now, uh, if it happens at all. Very good conversation you two had last week. Thank you. I was really happy I didn't have to be a part of it. (laughs) (laughs) I enjoyed listening to it. I didn't want to make it. It's just like, I find it such an exhausting topic to me. Hmm. Um, So I'm pleased that you guys did it. Mike, do you want to tell us about uh, Capture Autofill on iOS 16? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I've got a couple of things that are in iOS 16 Beta 1 that I just thought were really interesting. 
Uh, one is replacing capture with what's called a private access token. I'm going to read from, this came from a session at WWDC. Private access tokens are a powerful alternative that help you identify HTTP requests from legitimate devices and people without compromising their identity or personal information. We'll show you how your app and server can take advantage of this tool to add confidence to your online transactions and preserve privacy. So basically, you know when you have to do a capture and you have to like pick all the things that are a stop sign or like drag this puzzle piece to the correct place or like type this thing you can't read. This will eventually, hopefully, remove the requirement for that because effectively what it's doing, this is, as you can imagine, Apple, so it's privacy focused. It's not giving any user info to the uh, server or the CDN or whatever. It's just confirming this is a real human being. So uh, Fastly and Cloudflare, they're two CDNs, they've already added it. They're already supporting it. So if you're on iOS 16, you won't see captures from Cloudflare uh like hosted stuff now if they ever show you know sometimes you go to a website and it's like we need to identify you like and it's got like the cloudflare stuff around it you won't see that anymore if you're on iOS 16 because it's just communicating to the cdn this is a real person so this is a really great technology that i hope i mean i don't know the 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 like i don't know if it is an open source technology i hope so um it's kind of reminded me in essence of that toke like the the password replacement thing I don't remember the name of it now, but you know what I'm talking about, right? Like the pass keys. That's pass it. keys. It reminded me of that, of like, we'll just take care of this for you and we'll just get rid of this annoyance you don't have to deal with anymore. So I think this is really good and I hope that it rolls out. At the moment, uh, this kind of doesn't really feel like something that specific apps, I guess, don't really have to take advantage of this, just the services that they use. So I guess the hope is Google will, right? Because I, I would assume... I know for me personally, most of the captures I see are the Google ones, right? You know, when you have to like pick the two things. But my understanding is Google uses this as a way to train their algorithms. So I don't know if they kind of want to get rid of it. Uh, I guess we'll see over time. Right? Is that is that an urban myth? No, I think it's true. Or is that true? That they use it, they're using it to test for like car stuff. It's got to be. I mean, it's always like driving related things. Like show me the bridges, show me the you know, palm trees. And it it's used all to like, be other stuff, and then it became only car stuff, right? Yeah. I feel like that's all I see. I also, uh, I'm a proud subscriber to Club Max Stories. Oh, thank you. Um, although I think I used to pay, but now I don't anymore. But I'm still a subscriber. I don't remember. If you made me free, thank you. Otherwise, I pay. I, I think I, I did like last year, and I told you, but then you forgot. Who knows? But thank you if you comp me sure uh the, the, i wanted to pick two things that i found in a great article that federico wrote called five ios 16 features you may not have seen yet uh, you should subscribe to club max stories to find out the other three i'm only going to tell you two of them uh <laughs> one is to add ccv spoilers cards to credit card autofill this is fantastic because i get so frustrated with this i use one password right but sometimes one password doesn't see the the credit card number or whatever, but Apple does. Or I, Apple's little thing pops up and I just want to press it because it's right there. Um, but the one thing it doesn't do is add the security CCV number. But now you can add this in iOS 16 to your credit card info and it will add that for you, which is great. The other is something that Federico found the other day and was very excited about and I was very excited about and was showing us screenshots in iMessage is unit conversion. 
baked into the system via the mm-hmm. the same way that it does the data detector stuff. So when you see a thing, you see a line underneath it. So if you send somebody a time, like say you're like, hey, let's meet at 12 p.m. Eastern time, you could tap that and it will give you your local time and then allow you to add an event. Mm-hmm. Or if someone says to you 36 degrees Celsius, you could tap it and find out the Fahrenheit. Or if it's like currency, measurement, stuff like that. I think this is brilliant and it's this is to me like smartphone right like computer yeah, should be smart and do them. this for me yeah yes i've heard this this phrase smartphones but like seriously like this is this is exactly the kind of thing it should be doing i should never have to ask my iphone to convert something it should always be ready to do it without me ever needing it especially stuff like this the basic things right time temperature currency you know it's funny to me that this will work when siri so frequently fails for me with time zone conversions mm-hmm. and now i'm happy that i'll never have to go through that issue because it will just be able to do it right there for me so i think that's great especially when i have some friends i'm not going to name them who only give to me their own local time zone when we could all use a different time zone. Mm-hmm. My issue is not that you both want it in your own time zone. It's that when we do that, it causes potential errors. That's what I don't like. I don't like errors, you know? But that's just life. Life has potential errors. Yeah, but I don't like errors. Well, you then, know? you're in for quite a ride. Look, I had oh. COVID, okay? You know? Oh, come on. <laughs> oh, you gotta be nice to me. How long is this thing gonna be now? For years? Forever. For as long as I still feel like my chest is burning, like it is right now. Okay. When I, for- when I can forget that I had it because I have no symptoms, then you can be mean to me again. Right now, you gotta be nice to me. Uh, let me tell you some nice things then. They have definitely added a specific category for keyboard shortcuts for stage manager. So Command F, that was in there before uh, for full screen. Now it's called Zoom. So you're zooming into a window in Stage Manager. Command F is find in like every other application. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Globe, globe, globe F. Okay. Okay, that I can forgive. I was like, if... Hold on, because it gets better, Stephen. They have added a command for minimizing windows, but it's not called minimize. However... The shortcut is, and I'm getting this right, Command-M, like on the Mac, but it's called (sighs) Remove Window. So when you do Command-M in Stage Manager, you don't minimize it, you remove a window from the set. Which, okay, it's Command-M, though. That's minimize. I'll tell you, that does not work in messages. (laughs) 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 That is a conflicting shortcut in messages that shows keyboard shortcuts, apparently. They have added uh, a new keyboard... Do these people talk to each other (laughs) when they work on these things? (laughs) (laughs) So I've got messages open and all it's doing is like opening and closing the text field. (laughs) It's amazing. They have added a keyboard shortcut for... Uh, bringing in another window, so that's nice. Uh, basically, when you press Control Glob uh, Globe Up, it now shows you the home screen. So it's like what they did uh, last year with Split View. Now the same works in Stage Manager, and thankfully, they have added a keyboard equivalent for moving a window to an external display. So now there's a hotkey to do that. It's Control globe uh what's it called like the reverse backslash is that the name reverse backslash 
I guess. Anyway, there's a hotkey. Slash? Wait, front slash. Forward slash. Uh, no, it's not the forward one. It's the other one. Backslash. Just backslash. Is that the name? <laughs> What's the name of... Not the forward one. The other one. It's not a forward slash. Reverse... Uh, slash. Backslash. It's just slash and backslash. Backslash. Backslash, right? Backslash exists. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> forward reverse backslash <laughs> no what's it called slash or back oh god anyway backslash <laughs> is that the name <laughs> federico federico i tell you what set in iMessage paste the character that you are seeing and i when we can tell you what it is so you send that one to us in iMessage and then we can tell you whether it's forward slash or backslash what's the name of this okay Backslash. Backslash. Okay. That's a backslash. And the other is forward slash. Forward slash. Okay. Or just slash. Or just slash. See, that was my confusion. Okay. So there's control globe backslash to move a window to another display. So you don't have to use the multitasking menu anymore for that. But that's about it in terms of changes, I think. You still can, like, if you try to right-click on a window set on the left, like it still does nothing, which is uh, still weird to me. Like, I think you should be able to right-click on a, on a window set and have a context menu or something, right? I can't be the only one wishing for that. Like, let me do something here. But no, it does nothing. Even if it's just, like, to break it up, right? Like close all of these or yeah break it up or move it to a display or you know something like that i just stuffed away my external monitor and i put it into my drawer so that's the cool thing about this 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 portable monitor by the way i think i said this on unwind with john and i'm gonna say it before has to be one of my favorite tech purchases of the year it's the seaforce you've gotten a lot of miles out of this thing for sure, like loads of different it's uses. It's incredible, loads of different uses. It has, uh, so it's called the C-Force OLED display. It's a 15.6 inches portable OLED display. And it's incredible. Like with the iPad Pro, you can run a single cable from the USB-C port on the iPad into the display. It powers the display and it sends, you know, the appropriate, uh, the appropriate video signal to use it as an external monitor in iPadOS 16. Um, I use it with the Nintendo Switch. I use it with the Steam Deck. I've used it with the AI Neo. It's incredible. Like, and you, you can use it with the MacBook Pro, obviously, if you want. Um, what is it called? The C Force, as in the letter C, as in. Uh, oh, I was searching S E A. No, no, C. <laughs> just getting bugs. No, no, no. C hyphen C like dash Force. The C Force. <laughs> like the C Force. Yeah, it's the C Force display. CF015 Next, 4K OLED, HDMI, and USB-C random plug portable display. Yeah, that's mine. Yeah. Cool. In the show notes. Yeah. Incredible panel. I think it's a, it's a Samsung panel, actually. Uh, so it looks fantastic. Great for gaming, for sure, but also works in uh, productivity-related scenarios. So, yeah. This episode of Connected is brought to you by Text Expander. When you work with a small team, every moment counts. You don't want to be wasting your time finding video conferencing details to send to a new client or tracking down the same FAQs from the company website over and over. You want to get your work done faster, and that's why you need Text Expander. 
With Text Expander, you can access what you type the most with just a few keystrokes, allowing you to work faster and eliminate repetition, letting you focus on what matters most to you. Text Expander's powerful shortcuts and abbreviations streamline your team's work. All you have to do is type a short abbreviation, and Text Expander does the rest for you. You just build and collect your most commonly used phrases, messages, URLs, and more right within Text Expander. Then create your chosen abbreviation, and they'll be with you wherever you type. You can even customize the snippets by having them automatically add in dates, fill in the blank fields, timestamps, and more. This will make sure that you keep the personality in the communication that you send. Text Expander is available on any device you use across any app you use on Mac, Windows, Chrome, and iOS. I could not get my work done without Text Expander. All sorts of little things that I do throughout the day that I don't even realize I'm doing. Uh, things like dates and times and email addresses, but also common typo corrections. We have a shared Text Expander group uh, at Relay with our sponsor names in it. So uh, companies with odd capitalizations or spellings we always get correct i have one for text expander because they put an e in the middle got to get that e right there in the middle if repetitive typing is getting you down you need text expander check it out today at textexpander.com connected and you get 20 percent off your first year that's textexpander.com connected to say goodbye to repetitive typing our thanks to text expander for the support of the show i made a purchase m2 macbook no i'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh no i'm sorry i have real time sad follow-up oh no <laughs> let's pour one out for poster board the application that used to be yeah you could invoke it from shortcuts in ios 16 beta 1 but that's no longer possible that's not surprising that's a bummer i'm sorry so go ahead steven so I, i've made a purchase the new uh, 35 watt dual USB C charger from Apple. Okay. The compact one. There are two versions of it there's a big boy and a little boy. I got the little one. Is it like in volume? It's pretty big. Because, <laughs> like, they're just arranged differently. One is wide and one is tall. Wait, wait. There's two of them? In some markets. Am I some market? In US, Canada, China, Japan. And Mexico. Uh, otherwise, they use the other one. However, what I will say for the other one, the taller one, is it has the interchangeable... Duckhead. Duckhead. They're not all called duckheads, are they? But they're interchangeable adapters. Yeah. So you could use one thing in a bunch of different places. So that is the benefit, at least. If you were taking it to America, you just need one of the little America things, and you could swap that on instead of the Europe one. Uh, so I think it's just because they don't, they haven't found a way to make a collapsible one for other markets yet, I guess. It's pretty nice. The compact one also has like, uh, grooves on the side for like, put your like thumb on to like unplug it and plug it in, which is kind of a nice touch. And the, it, the prongs fold flat. It's interesting how they work. So it's 35 watt total, not 35 watts per USB-C port. So if you connect a Mac and an iPhone or an iPad, it'll split it 17.5 watts each. But if you connect something like an Apple Watch or AirPods, they can just pull 7.5 watts, leaving the other 27.5 for whatever is in the other 
uh, in the other port. So it, it's doing a balancing act depending on what's plugged in. But uh, I got this for our kitchen where we were habitually like unplugging and replugging different cables in to just a single, I think it was a uh, like an 18 watt, like the old iPad one, USB-A. So it'd have like a lightning cable, but then also uh, micro USB for some other stuff. And now I've just got this thing and it is definitely bigger and it's, it's, it's a little weird for an Apple thing. Cause like, uh, the, the ports are on the bottom. So the cables come down, like down flat against the wall instead of out, which I actually like in the situation that I'm using it. I think it'd also be nice, like behind a bed or something. Cause it's snugger to the wall than the more traditional Apple style where, it's sort of long ways out from the wall. So I can see uses for the compact one and uh, seems fine. Charging stuff, you know, doing what it's supposed to do and it's been uh, well-received in my household. It's funny because the adapt this adapter style, we have one f- that Apple makes in the UK. It's the standard one. Um, yeah. And, and it collapses in on itself and has the plug in the bottom with the grooves on the side. So it's just intriguing to me that they haven't found a way to make the more powerful one when we already have this design style. This is fine. I've gone all in on this uh, mini X plug that Gray found, which is tiny and it's 66 watts and it's, it's GAN and it has two USB-C ports and a USB-A port and can do up to 66 watts. I'm all in on this one. So this gets a big recommendation from me, by the way, for a similar product that that has more features. Yeah, I've got one in my bag for like travel, but um, I didn't need that much juice in the kitchen. And so... Uh, <laughs> Isn't that where you keep the juice? I've taken a slightly different approach instead. I have purchased a, a series, really, um, multiple... Uh, uh, of those Anchor Nano Nano Two, yeah, I have one Gan, of these Gan chargers. These output um, up to sixty-five watts, and they're so so small. Like I've bought four of them, and I've basically placed them in in each drawer of the house. So, like, if you're looking for a charger, there's a charger, and it uses you know sixty-five watts. It's good enough for anything really. Uh, it, iPads, Nintendo Switch. Uh, laptops. I mean, it's not as fast as a, as MagSafe, but it gets you there. And it does one, right? You can charge one. And it's and it's one, and it's it's like this small cube that you can hold in your hand. It's very nice, actually. Uh, and I have multiple of these scattered, essentially, throughout the house, and it works. We love it. But I also have that wild. I also have that wild hyper battery that I received finally after the Indiegogo campaign. Uh, that like outputs. I don't know how much is it. Two hundred and forty watts or something. Like it. It. It fits the. Like it's the. It cannot get any bigger than this if you want to go on an airplane with this battery like this is this is the maximum capacity for is this the 245 watt usb-c yeah. battery yeah. pack and gan charger yeah yeah and it's got the little screen it's got the it, little right? screen it's amazing because it shows you when you're charging the battery how fast you're gonna charge it and how long it's gonna take um or if you're charging from the battery other devices it shows you the charging rate 
uh, that they're pulling from the battery, and it's got two. <laughs> it's got two 100 watt plugs, ports. Sorry, and two 65 watt ports. So if I want to charge my MacBook Pro, I can just use the 100 watt port, and it's incredible because I believe the 14 inch Pro tops out at 96 watt charging uh, for USB-C. So that's great. Uh, otherwise, I just use the 65 watt one for my Nintendo Switch or Steam Deck, and yeah, I love this thing. But it's so it's it's like a, you can hurt somebody with with this thing. It's all heavy, but uh, I found yeah. another yeah. product for you. It's called the 12 South. Oh yeah, 12 South. The 12 South uh, three in one charger. Um, it is like many of these products, it does three things. It has a 7.5-watt magnetic Qi charger, an Apple Watch charger, and a 5-watt Qi charger it's in the base, right? So you could have your iPhone held up, you would put your Apple Watch behind it, and you put your AirPods on the little base, and it would charge them all. Somewhat slowly, but it would charge them all. What I like about this product is it has a built-in temperature control that pairs with a voltage protection for keeping, as it's quote, for keeping the entire package from overheating when you're topping up all three devices at once. I think that's cool. I feel like, you know me, I want to know things have that in it. And I feel like not a lot of companies say that they do this. And so I think that's cool. So I, I would feel confident having this thing by my bedside to charge everything. They're putting the, the air and air power. That's what they're doing. Keeping it cool. It doesn't keep it cool. It just recognizes that it's hot and turns it off. It could, it could have a fan. Put a fan in there. Don't Federico has one of a fan in, right? <laughs> you used to. <laughs> Remember when I received that charger that had like a fan? You could you could hear it. You were going. It was like a white noise machine for your you know for your nightstand. Because yeah, it it was doing what air power was trying to do, right? It's like it was like seven charging coils in one pad. Place anything anywhere, and it's gonna charge. Bad idea. Bad idea. Man, we, we were really into that, like as a, as a human species, until a few years ago. And then I think we all sort of accepted that it's preferable to avoid a house fire and just uh, have distinct placements for devices. That was a weird moment in human history. Not particularly hard to just put the thing down on the charger, <laughs> you know? Like in the place where you're supposed yeah, to, yeah. rather than a requirement to have a pad where you can arbitrarily put the thing down. I don't know how helpful. I don't really think that's very helpful. But, you know, I'm a I'm an anti-chi person anyway, so. Is that is that a a particular trait that you describe yourself with? Like that's a very uh, anti-chi, anti-chi yeah. person. Like, that's a very specific thing. Anti-wireless. I'm trying to think of a better phrase for this. I haven't got it yet. Yeah, yeah. We we learned today that you don't like that, and you don't like when people talk to you in other time zones. So that's useful information to have about you. Mm-hmm. Never speak to me <laughs> in another in time, another zone. time yeah, zone. Yeah, that's about wireless charging. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to know. You keep it to yourself. Yeah, that's where where you draw the line. Yeah. I want to talk about WeatherKit for a minute. Uh, this was something that definitely got some uh, attention the week of WBDC. So Apple bought Dark Sky a couple of years ago now. I feel like it's yeah. been a minute. It was more than one WWDC ago. I think we talked about this in the run-up to WBDC last year. Yeah. Uh, but they have a uh, a new 
framework called WeatherKit, powered by Apple Weather, is what they're saying. And if you read the description, it is basically dark sky. So current weather conditions, 10-day hourly forecast for temperature, precipitation, wind, UV index, and more. And, of course, the thing dark sky I think was probably most famous for, minute-by-minute precipitation uh, for the next hour, in addition to severe weather alerts in some regions. So they've taken dark sky, which had an API. It's in a lot of third-party weather apps now, and they have uh, rebundled it as as WeatherKit. It's a Swift API. They didn't even, I guess, bother putting it putting it in Objective C. So it is it is all Swift. I mean, if they're making something brand new, yeah, why would they? They're not going to. Yeah, they're, it's going to be in Swift now, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, I'm sorry, if you're not going to learn Swift, if you're a developer and you were refusing to learn Swift, I got bad news for you, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like yeah. at this point, you've got to understand, right? Like this is where they're going, whether you kind of want it or not, and. And what's cool is, so they're platform-specific APIs for iOS 16, macOS, tvOS, watchOS. Uh, but there's also a REST API for other platforms. So they're giving you more options there. And as you would imagine from Apple, it's very privacy-focused. And so they say that location is only used to provide weather forecast. It is not associated with anything personally identifiable and is never tracked between between requests. So anytime you request new information, they're not linking that with previous location data. And uh, they've got some pricing information up, up to 20 million calls a month, which is $1,000. I don't know what happens if you need more than that, but uh, that's uh, they've got those calls. It's 500,000 for free, uh, which, it, which is cool. And it goes up from there to that 20 million cap. And that is about half the cost of the dark sky data. You know, one reason that weather apps basically all have in-app purchases is to pay for that that weather data. It's not free. Uh, Apple is being really competitive with this pricing, it looks like. So I think this is great. I spoke to a couple of developers who work on weather apps, and every basically everyone I talked to is very excited about it, uh, both about the... Uh, the features in this, but even the transition from Dark Sky. Um, Brian Mueller, who makes Carrot Weather, uh, says that it seems like they're providing for really excellent transition if you're using those older APIs. And a lot of uh, folks are also just very happy about the way it's being implemented from the privacy perspective to the uh, the REST API for bringing it to the web. Uh, there does seem to be a challenge that it does require iOS 16. So if your app maintains backwards compatibility with iOS 15, you may have to uh, you may have to do some work there to maybe have two different code paths, at least for now. But it seems like it's going to be a real winner. And you know, I think this is what we all thought when they bought Dark Skies. Like, yeah, you should you should not only make your own weather app better, which they definitely have, but it can also it would be great if Apple had a framework to deliver weather data to uh, to third-party developers. And I know like in Carrot Weather, I actually don't use Dark Sky as my source. I use it. I have the option to like use it for precipitation, um, but I use a different source for the the other weather data. And uh, I may set that all back to Dark Sky, or I'm definitely going to check out the Apple Weather option, assuming that it, you know it's going to come to Carrot Weather. It sounds like it will. But um, 
pretty cool. And I think this is a good example of Apple. I mean, really, this is a service, right? It's a service to developers, but users will benefit too, especially with the privacy angle. You know, there have been several stories over the years about, about whether services or applications basically wholesaling location data. And that is not going to be possible, at least at the, uh, the Apple weather API level. And uh, that is a good thing. It's, it's basically how I assumed Apple would do it. And so I'm, I'm pumped. So it says on the Dark Sky website, support for the Dark Sky iOS app ends on December 31st, 2022. Support for the Dark Sky API ends on March 31st, 2023. So I guess going back to what you're saying about the iOS 16 part, I guess there could be a hope from developers that by March 2023, probably the majority of their user base would be on 16. And so they would be able to drop it, right? By then, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but I do have a couple of thoughts on the pricing. One, I believe I saw uh, Brian Carrot tweet that... <laughs> Brian Carrot. That's, I mean, this is how I think of him. You know, he's, he's yeah, a it's a, it's a whole um, family, I, the, Brian Carrot, Joe Timery. Yeah, the Carrot yeah. family. Mm-hmm. 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 This, yes, this I do do this. I don't know if developers like this or not, but at least I'm saying the names of their apps, right? I feel like they must appreciate I don't think that. James P. Calc has ever complained. That's a good point. Or James Dice. <laughs> James Dice. Um, <laughs> You know, people could call me Mike Relay if they wanted. I wouldn't care, you know? Um, I think I saw him say that he would need way more than the limit that Apple has. And that wouldn't surprise me that that 20 million calls a month would not be enough. I am sure Apple will do a deal with you, right? Like, if you need more than 20 million, I mean, they probably already know who you are anyway, right? I'm going to assume... Apple would just kind of be like, they know the biggest weather apps on the platform. I'm sure they would be able to work out a deal with you. And I'm sure this is just a scalable thing. If you need more, you just pay more. Um, But they have to kind of, they're just going to top it out at a certain point. Past that, you talk to them. The other thing that I was going to mention is I'm actually, this maybe is weird, but I'll get there by the end. I'm happy Apple is charging for this because if it was free, I would be worried about the developers of weather apps because I'm just going to naturally assume there is a markup in the in-app purchase. This is business. I'm, I'm, this is you know I'm assuming that like when you pay for a, a weather app, you are not just paying the exact cost of your percentage of their fee, right? If that was the case. I need to have some conversations with weather developers to tell them why they're running businesses poorly, right? You're not just paying for the cost. So if Apple were, if Apple didn't charge for this at all, then the app developers are going to start getting questions about like, why do I need to pay you every month for this weather service mm-hmm. app? You know what I mean? So I'm happy Apple is actually charging because it allows the status quo to continue. That even if you choose to use Apple Weather as your service in Weather App A, B, or C, you still have to pay for it because it still costs the developer money. So I just like that they have kept that status quo because they could have made this freely available like many other things are on Apple's platforms that in theory would still cost money but they make them freely available. And, and, and um, a free service may attract mm, government interest, right? If they're coming into a market and saying we can do it for free. That's a good point too. Mm-hmm. 
But yeah, I'm just happy that they're continuing to charge because it lets weather app developers still charge. And it's one of the apps types that I think makes a lot of sense for subscriptions because it has a fee and it's just like easy, right? Um, and I'm just pleased that it's not going to like make it difficult for these people to continue running their businesses. I think that does it. If you want to find links to stuff we spoke about, head on over to the website, relay.fm slash connected slash 403. There you can become a member and get Connected Pro, which is a longer ad-free version of the show each and every week. All Relay FM members also get our annual specials where every uh, podcast on the network does this like extra show each year. All members get them. We've been tweeting them on the Relay FM account, so you can go check those out if you're a member. If you're not a member, now is a great time to join. You can find us all online. You can find Mike on Twitter as I-M-Y-K-E. He is the host of a bunch of other shows here on Relay FM. You can find Federico as Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and he's the editor-in-chief of MacStories.net. You can follow me on Twitter as ISMH, and I write over at 512pixels.net. I'd like to thank our sponsors, Trade Coffee, Indeed, and Text Expander. Until next week, guys, say goodbye. Arrivederci. Cheerio. Bye, y'all.